Um, but I want you to imagine yourself as one of those probably five house churches or so in the book of uh, Romans at the end in chapter 16. Um, and uh, listening to this letter being read, perhaps by Phoebe or one of the others who were sent to deliver it. And uh, imagine hearing it for the first time. What's going on in your setting is that there's some culture wars uh, between Jew and Gentile. There's some things that need to be sorted out so that the church is unified. There's some disputable matters, not doctrinal things, disputable matters that need to be sorted out uh, as to uh, what things are allowed to be eaten and drinking, etc. Disputable matters. And Paul wants to see this church of Rome as a mission church to have a strategic partnership with him for the expansion of the gospel westward all the way to Spain. But in order to do that, they need to be reminded of what brought them together, the power of God, the gospel, the power of God and the salvation that saved and is continuing to sanctify them, to make them more like Christ, so that this mission can go on. So as you hear the scripture read, uh, uh, keep that in mind here and pretend you're hearing it for the first time. I'm going to read Romans 1 and then uh, Brother Curtis Dawson is going to, to, to pray for us. So listen to the scriptures this morning. And there'll be some graphics, some slides on the screen uh, to help you kind of track with it. I realize this is a lot of material, a lot of content. Um, uh, but do you understand that when the churches got together, a lot of times it was the, the reading of these letters uh, here. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a helpful exercise to hear the word of God read aloud. In fact, Paul commands it in his letter to Timothy here. Romans 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he had promised before by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. By whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom are you also the call of Jesus Christ. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father in the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making requests that by any means, now at length, I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, to the end you may be established. That is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Now, I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purpose to come to you, but was prevented until now, that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. I am debtor, both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein 
is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it to them. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible man, into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness, through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up for their vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. To do those things which are not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, spiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Junior Church, by the way, you are dismissed. I'm going to have Curtis now pray for us.
Amen. Romans 2. And you can trust our will. Great for us after this. Therefore, you are inexcusable, O man, whosoever you are that judges. For wherein you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you that judge do the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And think ye this, O man, that judges them which do such things, and does the same, that you shall escape the judgment of God? Or despise the riches of his goodness, and forbearance, and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? But after your hardness and impenitent heart, treasure up to yourself wrath against the day of wrath, and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his deeds. To them who by patience... Continuance and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But to them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation, and anguish upon every soul of man that does evil, uh, of the Jew first and also the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace every man that works good to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. For there is no respect of persons with God. For as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. For when the Gentiles which have not the law do by nature the things contained in the law, these, having not the law, are a law to themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts. Their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Behold, you are called a Jew, and rest in the law, and make your boast of God, and know his will, and approve the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law, and are confident that you yourself are a guide of the blind. A light of them which are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes which had the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. You therefore which teach another, teach you not yourself? You that preach a man should not steal, do you steal? You that say a man should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You that abhor idols, do you commit sacrilege? You that make your boast of the law, if you're breaking the law, dishonor you God? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you, as it is written, For circumcision verily profits if you keep the law, but if you be a breaker of the law, your circumcision is made uncircumcision. Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? 
And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, to fulfill the law, judge you, who by the letter and circumcision do transgress the law? For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Let's pray. Dear Harry, Father, thank you that you are our God. Father, thank you that you have shown us in our word that the both Jews and Gentiles are both understand. Father, I pray that you will help us to um, be recognizing the depth of sin in our heart and that you will be helping us to help other people to come in contact with recognizing the depth of the the gravity and separation they have from God. And Father, thank you so much of what's coming up in the passage is that you have made a way so we can be made right with you and that we are able to walk in obedience and um, through the blood of Christ. And Father, um, Father, I pray that you will give us understanding of these things in a deeper way and we can practice in our life in this name. Amen. Bad news so far. It's going to get worse. And then it's going to get good. Chapter 3. What advantage then has the Jew? Or what profit is there of circumcision? Much every way. Chiefly because that to them were committed the oracles of God. For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. Yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. As it is written, that your might that you might be justified in your sayings and might overcome when you are judged. But if our unrighteousness commend the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unrighteous who takes vengeance? I speak as a man. God forbid, for then how shall God judge the world? For if the truth of God is more abounded through my lie to his glory, why yet am I also judged as a sinner? And not rather, as we be slanderously reported, and as some affirm that we say, let us do evil, that good may come, whose damnation is just. What then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise, for we have before proved, both Jews and Gentiles, that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understands, there is none that seeks after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that does good. No, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used to seat. The poison of asps is under their lips. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. In the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that what, so thing, what things soever the law says, it says to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, to all and upon all them that believe. 
For there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, who God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood, to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say at this time, His righteousness, that He might be just and the justifier of him which believes in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and uncircumcision through faith. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid. Yea, we establish the law. I believe. Tell it to your prayer. Heavenly Father, Father of us all, we humbly look at these words, for we deserve none of the what we've been given. We stood on the precipice of damnation and heaven. You have made it so clear to us the need that we have for Jesus Christ and the precious gift that you've given to us through the salvation only through Jesus himself. Father, as we look upon the world around us, we realize that there are many who are facing eternity and all of this evil that they've been possessed by, that we're all born sinners, that none of us are any better than anyone else, that all sins and all souls matter. Father in heaven, we are so thankful that you've given us a way out. Heavenly Father, how can we thank you? We, we don't even know the breadth and depth and height of what you've given to us. But as we read these words, make it perfectly clear to us that we were and are, for those that don't know Christ, are headed to a damnation of eternity. So Father, we just thank you so much for these words. And as it says, all of one sinners, and none seeketh after you. But we have the light. We need to get that light out to those that are desperate. And help us to see the desperate nature of these folks around us through your word. And we thank you, Lord, again in Jesus' name. Amen. By faith, chapter 4. And then Jason Burgess will pray for us. What shall we say then that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, is found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he has whereof to glory, but not before God. For what says the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Now to him that works is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that works not, but believes on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also describes the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. 
Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Comes this blessedness then upon the circumcision only or upon the uncircumcision also? For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. How was it then reckoned? When he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. And he received a sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed to them also. And the father of circumcision, of them who are not of the circumcision only, but who are also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of none effect. Because the law works wrath. For where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith, that it might be by grace, to the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Before, whom he, before him whom he believed, even God, who makes alive the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, According to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at that promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that was imputed to him, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Father, as we gather and hear your word spoken and read to us this morning, um, we continue to be in awe of your wisdom and the plan that has unfolded through the ages. Thank you, Father, that we can see the thread of our inclusion in your salvation, even all the way back to Genesis and the example of the faith of Abraham. Help us, Lord, to learn from the example that was given to us by Israel that we cannot earn what you have promised by faith. Father, that it is our responsibility now to communicate your good news to the world. Lord, we know that you'll be faithful and we ask, Father, that you help us 
to be faithful as well. Help us, Lord, to live a life of gratitude out of the incredible mercy you've shown to each one of us. And I pray, Father, that um, you would continue to bless the nations, the people around us in our own neighborhoods. Father, we're just uh, bow before you this morning in gratitude and in thanks that our lives could never earn what you've done for us. And we're counting on you, Father. We're trusting in you and your goodness and in your grace. Thank you for what Jesus has performed. Thank you for the example of faith that many men through the ages have laid forth. In Jesus' name, amen. It's going to go deeper. It's going to link it back to Adam. And then the second Adam. And then Howard Wiley will pray for us and then we'll have a break here with some special music. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation works patience and patience experience. And experience hope. And hope makes not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit which is given to us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commends his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned, for unto the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is a figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded to many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift, for the judgment was by one to condemnation. But the free gift is of many offenses to justification. For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more they which received abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men to justification of life. 
For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound, that if sin has reigned to death, even so might grace reign through righteousness to eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Mr. Wyatt. Gracious Heavenly Father, we certainly thank you for this passage. It's a passage that kind of a, a, a starting of a bridge between that first part of talking about the problems of us, the past, the problems of the world, the problems of sin, and how it did raise you out. But here we see, start to see hope come in this chapter. And Lord, you give that right there, starting right out in there. Therefore, connecting this whole idea of your change and your solutions that are coming up, that your solutions that you're given to each one of us, to mankind, but to each one of us individually. Therefore, being justified by faith. What a great, great start. The found justified. By faith, but just faith in what? Faith through the blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, we see that hope. We see that heart of the, that answer that is coming unto each one of us. Then, Lord, you continue in talking about justification uh, through the heart. You talk about the ungodly as were each one of us. Ungodly sinners. Lord, you also then turn around and do something that is off to our finite minds completely, completely not understanding. You started out by saying, well, we might be willing to die for a just reason. But Christ didn't die for a just he didn't die for us as just people. It says that he died for the ungodly. For God commends his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, for that should strike the hearts of every one of us and burn deep within us of what Christ did and what he gave. Because it wasn't because we loved him, because we didn't love him at all. Christ loved us. Lord, Christ died for me. While I was yet a sinner, Lord, then you continue. And as you continue, you start to show the grace that you've given. How the grace comes through, and how the sin entered into the world by the first Adam, but the second 
overcame that deliberate sin that Adam did in the beginning, the offense of Adam, the Lord, by the righteousness of Christ, by his glory, by his grace, we were made to be made righteous. As one man said in it is to the world, so second Adam will take away that sin. One who continue on that theme to give us that hope and to build that hope within us. God, that there is a way. That there's a way to salvation. That's a way to, to, to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Lord, in this passage, you essentially give us the whole, the whole idea the whole idea of witness into unbelievers because it gives us also a, a history of ourselves and who offers from sinners, ungodly, Christ died for the ungodly. Nobody can be, can say, I'm bad. I couldn't even come to Christ because it, couldn't, it doesn't say that at all. It said Christ died for the ungodly. And also it tells about God's wonderful, marvelous grace through the work of Jesus Christ. Lord, we have the complete layout there, not only of our own salvation, but of our own witness unto others. He died for them, just like he died for me. And his grace can save them because he overcome that. We all are sinners. It says in the scriptures here in this passage, all have sinned, all are subject to death. But through Jesus Christ our Lord, we can have life through faith. We thank thee, Lord, for what you've shown us, what you've shown here that we have not only as a testimony of ourselves, but what we can give as a testimony of others. We pray that you would work within our hearts to make this to go deeper and deeper into our hearts, this message to ourselves, that we may that we might show others through our lives, through our words. Oh, Lord, we will be sure to give you the praise and the glory that you so richly deserve. Thank you and say in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Hope the guys come. We're going to sing here. Um, I'm going to read from Psalm 130, which ties in a psalm that uh, probably David wrote with these themes that we see answered in Romans in Jesus Christ. Psalm 130 says, Out of the depths have I cried to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. Amen.
Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dies no more, death has no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died to sin once. But in that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, reckon you also yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield to your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but yield yourselves to God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin to death or of obedience to righteousness. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of unrighteous, of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness and to iniquity, to iniquity, even so now yield your members, servants to righteousness, to holiness. When you, when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had you then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord.
And God, it is a free will to make that choice every day. Help us, oh God, even now, to recognize the things that come in our life that are contrary to you, that contrary to the gospel, that contrary to a new life. Help us to see and understand what you have given us, and it's not to be lightly looked at, but it's absolutely to change. And may we walk in this world as lights of Jesus Christ. And God, we ask for that strength even now. There's many struggles with looking at this world and putting hope in it, and there's no hope in this world. There's only you. And we thank you for that great love. Romans 7. This is what life without the Spirit looks like. This is why we need the Spirit to keep us anchored in these truths in the present and for all eternity. We're just going to come and pray after we read. Know you not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. For the woman which has a husband is bound by the law of her husband so long as he lives, but if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then, if while her husband lives, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit to God. For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sin which were by the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit to death. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin but by the law. For I had not known lust except the law had said, We shall not covet. But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. For without the law, sin was dead. For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And the commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be to death. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it slew me. Wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy and just and good. Was then that which is good made death to me? God forbid. But sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. For what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent to the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to reform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that, I would not, and there's no more I to do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find in a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. 
For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am! Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Let's pray. Father, we are weak and helpless people. Father, even in our in our salvation, um, as those who have tasted and seen your grace and mercy, there is this, this law of sin pulling on us, dragging us. And without your spirit, we are, we are weak and we are wicked. Lord, I pray that you would Provide us with, with your truth and, and your strengthening love and grace and mercy. As we walk through this world, as we, as we deal with our own sinful desires. And Father, we cry out that what we want to do, we don't do. And what we don't want to do, we do. With Paul, we say, who will deliver us from this body of death? What a wretched man I am. Father, amazing grace has been shown to us. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Lord, help us to live in that. Help us to recognize the victory. In our weakness, in our sinfulness, the victory that was won for us through Jesus Christ our Lord. In his name we pray. Amen. Now we come to the final chapter of what we've covered so far. We're halfway through the book. We'll pick up on nine next week. Chapter 8, remember the, the mood, what's called the mood in the Greek uh, understanding of this passage is that these are descriptions that are already true about you. That's the weight of this passage here. Experience plays into this, certainly. But Paul's leaning into what is already true of those in There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. 
For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither can indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if, or since, Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. What if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you? He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear that you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon, that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature or creation was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who was subjected the same in hope. Because the creation itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption, into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and travails and pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan inside ourselves, waiting for the adoption that is the redemption of our body. We are saved by hope. The hope that is seen is not hope, for what a man sees, why does he yet hope for? But if we hope for that, we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. And then who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, then he also called and whom he called, then he also justified. And whom he justified, then he also glorified. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own Son, 
but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's life? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemns? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? So tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This time we're going to pray together, and we're going to pray by reading Scripture. The end of the book of Romans is Romans 16, verses 25 through 27. And so we're going to stand together, and we're going to read these verses. If you can't see it on the screen in your Bible, Romans 16, 25 through 27. And this is a prayer. Praise to God. And it's also a petition a request for Him to take this gospel and strengthen us. So let's stand together and read these verses here. Paul's benediction at the end of this, this letter here to establish these Romans and by extension us as well. And then we'll sing. You can get your uh, Lord's Supper from elements there if you need to. Uh, Romans 16, 25 through 27. Let's read it together. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel in the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which is kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith, to God only wise, be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Now we're going to be led in song. I knew I was going to ask you to stand up. <laughs> the, uh, our songs this morning, I mean, there's a thread in all the songs we sing, right? And it's the, the scarlet cord that runs through Scripture. But we're going to start with Jesus Strong and Kind. And just it's a simple song. My kids love to sing it at home. Talk their lungs in the same key as me, which is the wrong one sometimes. Um, but just a simple Let's talk about who our Savior is this morning. And we're going to go to crown him with many crowns, which is lifting him up, right? And we're going to close by telling, singing to ourselves and to our Father the story of his mercy and his mercy is more. So would you, you join us as we sing, Jesus Strong and Kind. Yeah. 
writes, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it's written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure, I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Would you sing with us this morning? Praise the Lord. Yeah. 
sin bounded grace is much more than that. You know, the bread and the cup. Body broken, blood poured out for us. Something that we're to continue to do until Jesus returns. And we drink it new with Him in the kingdom. Corinthians were doing it, but they were doing it wrong motives and in selfish ways. And instead of bringing the body together, they were fractured. Doing it pridefully. So if we take this bread here, we're reminded of what brings us together. That as we sang and saw in Romans 8, can never be dissolved. And nothing under creation can separate us from. Paul says, For I have received of the Lord, perhaps during this time in the desert in Arabia, that which also I delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take ye, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. I wonder if anybody has a testimony regarding Christ's broken body, broken for you. That you'd like to share with us this morning, to encourage us, to remind us, personalize it here this morning, give you opportunity to share. Yeah, I would like to. Most of you know that I fell out of a tree, some being faced that certain November. And the reason I was up there that morning. I want you to know that I had two men come in that I wanted to witness to, and so I put them up in another tree stand, and I went to this tree stand. And I've never been up there, had been for them two guys. Well, <coughs> it had snow that morning. It was in the teens. And as I climbed the ladder to get off onto the platform, I stepped on the step <coughs> that my grandson and I had made. For my wife to go up there, she went up there so she was angry and she decided that was enough for her. <laughs> well, I stepped on that step, some people take me out, and they ended up on the ground. Then, through all the pain I've gone through since that time, <clears throat> it just reminded me how much pain my Savior went through for me. And very little side of what he went through. And I want you to realize, since that time, God has allowed me to witness to probably 50 people that I've never seen before. And some of the doctors thought I was crazy because they asked me if I had a living will and I said I got something better than that. I said, I don't want it. Well, they didn't stick around long. <laughs> but through it all, praise God, my wife just 
been hiding for her as Satan has for me. But I know God was in it all. And I haven't, uh, uh, I'm not a witness to them two guys. When the time comes, I'm not going to Utah right now. But I, that was I kind of witness to them to have them come. And so, that morning, they got cold and home. They didn't even know I'd fall out of the tree. And, uh, thank God I had a phone with me. I was on the ground for almost two hours before I woke up in there. And called her to tell me, so that I thought I'd hurt myself. And she came out to me. Anyway, through it all, through it all, I know God was in it all. Now, you might say you were stupid for you to climb that tree when it was small on the ground. But I know God was in it. And sometimes it pursues me in our life that teach us some lessons. And uh, I know one thing. This life is short. And if you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, you need, you need to be telling him. Alright? I've met Jehovah's through this all, and I tried to explain to her she's on the wrong track. I've witnessed uh, people that their mother said they were alright, so they think they are. And, uh, uh, anyway, this world is lost. And they need a savior. And I stand on Romans 8 28. And most of you know what that says. All things work together for good for them to work for For them to call promises come. And I praise God that I'm able to be here this morning. And uh, I can stand a little bit. They said it could take a year only to get back to normal, whatever that is. But I pray God has been with us this morning. No, thank you. And I just thank the Lord for the promises we have in the past all through the book of Romans. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. No. I just praise God for So take it, this is my body, broken for you. Just feel in remembrance of me. Stick it together. thousands of them, perhaps millions of them, killed in Israel's history, all pointed toward one lamb. The lamb that takes away the sins of the world, John declared. And so as we take the cup, Paul said after the same manner also. He took the cup when he had stopped saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you show the Lord's death till the blood of Jesus Christ 
wash, cleanses us, cleanses our sin. Faith in his blood. Romans 5 is where it said, therefore, being justified by his blood. I wonder if anybody has a testimony regarding the shed blood of our Lord before we take the cup together. I've shared this many, many times, whether in the prison or on the street. But picture in your own mind your Savior hanging on the cross. And you're on all fours crawling up next to the cross, and he looks down at you and says, I've got you covered. It's his blood. Just one precious drop that covers our sins. Let's take this cup together. Remember, it's our Lord's death. His blood poured out for us to cover our sins. Without the shedding of blood, there is no removal, no remission of sins. Praise the Lord. We're going to close here. I think Nick's going to have us sing together. Um, uh, the song that we sang is a special. Um, you only heard it once. Unfamiliar, but uh, maybe a little bit familiar. You can kind of join as you gather up the uh, the courage to. Um, we have the guys who sing. If you guys would come up here, and we'll sing this. And you guys, if anybody's welcome to join us there uh, as we as we close. I will wait for you. It's awesome you sing it the first time we sang earlier. It's really simple, especially the chorus. So please join us as we sing. And if you're doing well, I might make you stand up right now. <coughs>
next week, we're going to begin Sunday school after the morning service. Um, kids will go to their classes, and uh, then uh, adults, we're going to be here in the auditorium. We're going to go over the discussion questions that will be put toward us for after the, the message here. And a, a couple weeks after that, I would like to be able to um, break up into guys and, and ladies groups here over those questions here, but that will be the plan here um, for, for next week. Um, at this time, uh, you can be dismissed. The uh, uh, little shower for Hannah will be the auditorium. Uh, ladies, you're welcome to go to the guys, hang out. There's some coffee, I think. Uh, you can chat, or if you need those who need to go home, I understand that. Good to have uh, uh, Arthur and Jean with us here uh, this morning, and uh, so good to see your faces and others as well. Uh, what a what a what a blessing it is. What's that? Yeah, um, parents of 6th through 12th grade, would you come up and see uh, Greg Harrison right up here for a minute? You all are dismissed.